Say, in the beginning was the word. The word's got a word. You want to open up your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Pastor Abdiel preached last week about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And three of you liked it. Okay, that's good. Fine. Sorry, buddy. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. I had a great time. I don't know. Maybe they weren't here. Maybe the ones that liked it last week weren't here. And it's fine. You know, I, that's, go watch the video. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. Yeah, you'll remember how, how good it really was. But he preached Acts chapter 1. I want to preach about Acts chapter 2 today. And I can, you know, if you're a smart guy or a gal, I bet you can guess what we're going to preach on next week. Um, here's the title that I want to bring to you today. I want to bring this title. I hope you're taking notes because I believe that God's going to speak to you. Even if I don't have the best stuff to say, I think that he does. He's going to deliver it right to you. Do you have your fork and your knife ready? Because you're not eating applesauce today. My, my baby, my 22-month-old baby eats, can eat applesauce. But you know what else he ate this weekend? Steak. All right? Steak. I made it. I, I made the steak. I cut it up for him. I put it on a plate. He's had steak plenty of times. It's not his first time. He ate, he ate meat. And you know what he ate it with? A fork. All right? And you know what he cuts his, he's 22 months. You know what he cuts his fruit with? A knife. All right? You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. All right? You're like, oh, man, he's a bad parent. No, man, it's fine. I'm watching. I'm keeping him safe. You got to train him up. He cuts it with a knife. All right? If he can eat steak with a fork, you can eat meat, the word of God this morning. So be ready for it. You're not getting some soft serve today, although that's good for you too. You know, for your heart makes you happy, but... For your body, you need some real food. Here's my title. What brings the presence of God? What brings the presence of God? It's not a question. I'm talking about what brings the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Otherwise, why get together? Why gather? Why do life without the presence of God? The presence of God is so powerful that it can literally change your mind, your thoughts, your outcomes, your situations, your family, your marriages, your job. It can change anything that gets into the presence of God. And if God is everywhere, do you know this about God, that he's all-knowing and that he's everywhere? The devil's not everywhere. Did you know that? The devil can be in one place, but God can be everywhere all at the same time. That means he can be at your house and at my house at the same time. Did you know this? If this is true, then why don't more often we experience, talk about, and know about the presence of God being around us? In the book of Acts, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to come. He says that he's going up to ascend up and that the Holy Spirit will come, that they're to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Now the Holy Spirit has come. We're in Acts chapter 2 now. The Holy Spirit has come. The presence of God through the Holy Spirit has come. It's not a new thing. It's all through Scripture. You go see it. The only new thing is now we all get it at the same time. Before Moses was on the mountain with the presence of God. Now, whether you're on the mountain or at the bottom of the mountain, or whether you're over there or I'm over here, we all have the Spirit of God. It doesn't have to be just on one person and lifted off and taken to another. Everyone can have the Spirit of God. So Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. A movement has taken place. 
And Peter is up preaching in front of all of the people who are around him. And he's preaching the word of the God. The word of God, all right? The God of the word. The word of the God. The God word. The word God. It's all the same. It's, read John chapter 1. You'll see it. He's preaching it. Now, hold on. Let me break this down for you. This is Peter. If you know about scripture or whether you don't, let me just tell you that just a few moments before this, maybe a month and a half-ish, two months, Peter is the one who said, Jesus, I'll never deny you no matter what. And then what does he do? Three times denies Jesus. That's you. That's you and me in the morning. Okay, I'm going to go out today. I'm going to be bold in my faith. As soon as someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to say I'm doing good because God has blessed me. And someone says, how you doing? And you say, good. Oh, man. Or even even different. You go out and you're like, I'm going to live for Jesus today. You go out, you do your life. You get home around 6 o'clock and you think, man, I totally forgot what I was going to do today. I just kind of did my thing. I I didn't even think about God all day. This is Peter that denied Jesus openly with people that really weren't even his friends that he had to be cool in front of. He was just like just some rando people. He said, I'll never deny you, Jesus. And then three times, he denies him. Why? I believe so that there would be a distinction between when Peter didn't have the presence of God and when Peter did have the presence of God. There will be a distinction between when Peter didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him, he just had nearness to who Jesus was, but then when, instead of just having nearness, he had the Spirit of God inside of him because the Holy Spirit has come down, now Peter feels, tastes, sees, and speaks different. Why? Because the presence of God has come on him and there's a distinction. And I want to talk to the people in the room maybe that are falling asleep right now for some reason because the word of God maybe isn't exciting you. That's just fine. I'll help it bring some life. Okay, God, help me out. He's my help. That's what the word says. That no matter how defeated you felt or are, or how down and out, how far backslidden, how far given up, how far away, how rotten, how messed up, how much you hated God, how much you hate God right now, how confused you are, how frustrated you are, mad, angry, whatever it is. The presence of God can bring you, just like it did to Peter, To the same place from saying, I'll never deny you, God, to denying him three times, to standing in front of people and getting people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit by the words that he's sharing alone. That's where Peter is. He's standing in front of people, the guy who shouldn't have been, the guy who was messed up, the guy who, when Jesus said, hey man, cool it, he pulls a sword out and cuts off a guy's ear. How many of you cut off anyone's ear this week? Good, I'm glad no one raised their hand. Jesus... Grabs the ear, just so you know, I, don't, I want to resolve the story for you. Grabs the ear, puts it back on the guy and heals him. There he is, just fixing our mistakes, you know what I'm saying? If God can do it for disqualified Peter, then he can speak through us. How many of you 
honest question. I really want to know. How many of you have been a Christian longer than three years? You've been following Jesus longer than three years. Then you've been following Jesus longer than Peter. You have. Now, those of you who haven't, that's okay. Then, then time will pass and you'll be there. And maybe You don't even need three years. It's not like three years is magic. I'm just saying. We're reading about Peter who's about to preach the word of God in front of people, not because he has a microphone or because he has a church building, because he has gathered people around to tell them how good Jesus is. That's it. And people want to hear what he has to say. Why? Because he has the presence of God in him, on him, and all around him, incredible things are happening, and they're being drawn to what's happening. You won't have to be asking for friends anymore. They'll just be drawn to you. There's the uh, miracle hankies that we've had. How many have given away one of the miracle hankies? I'm having you raise your hand a lot. You don't got to raise your hand. All right. <laughs> if you have any questions during this, just raise your hand. I'll come over to you. We have the, the miracle handkerchiefs. I'm probably going to ask you to raise your hand again in this time. I'm just, I'm just going to save it for something really that I really need, all right? I'm going to save it for one, one good one. We've been handing out those miracle hankies. There was a, a lady that essentially we don't know, really any of us in the room. Her name is Tammy. And Tammy came to visit with a friend here at Authentic during the week of time that we were praying each night we were up here. And she came up, the last night we had the miracle hankies, and we were honestly just kind of starting the miracle hankies. I don't even think that she had the one that was, that was stamped, you know, miracles happened. It was just a, a cloth we cut out, you know, prayed over it and believed God was going to move through it. She came and got one, and she said she wanted it for her daughter who was in the hospital. And so I don't know her daughter. I barely know her. I've met her, seen her twice. I pray over her. I send her with the hanky, and she goes back home because she was here just visiting, all right? We get a... Phone call, series of text messages from Tammy about her daughter Jasmine, who had been, and I asked her permission to share this story, who had been beaten up by her boyfriend. Her boyfriend beat her up and hit her in the head so that her head actually caved in. I have, if you don't want to look, you don't have to look. It's not graphic. It just kind of, it does kind of like hurt your kneecaps a little bit because you see her head is really bent in. I want to put the first picture up of her. You can see it on the screen. I mean, her head is, is really moved in. All right? Keep that picture right there for just one second. Tammy takes the miracle hanky to her daughter, Jasmine, and puts it in the hospital room, goes home that night, and come back, comes back the next day. When she comes back the next day, this is what her head looks like. presence of God what if it was your daughter what if it was your son what if it was your wife <laughs> hallelujah Walker would you put the next picture up there this is this is Tammy here with her daughter her hair growing back, her head fully back how it should be. And this is what the doctor said to her. This is what they said. We don't know what to tell you. 
And this is what Tammy said. You don't got to tell me nothing. I know what happened. Because my God does signs, miracles, and wonders when you preach his name. When you will stand up out of your own mouth and you will talk about Jesus, he will move like this. He is no respecter of persons. That's, you know what? As much as they are his favorite, you are his favorite. Did you know this? He has lots of favorites. You're one of them. This morning when you woke up, you were on his mind. He was thinking about you. That's how big and strong his mind is. The miracle napkin, someone called them. Someone said, I heard your church is passing out napkins. Man, they would have said it to me. I would have said, I heard your church is asleep. I wouldn't have said it. I love people too much. Passing out napkins. At least we're passing something out. With Jesus clung all over it. The presence of God moving through it. He's a miracle working God. You know what? This, this Sunday, today, right now, 1054, right now, at what was our Arkansas location, there's a church, Restore Church, meeting in our building right now, sitting in chairs that they did not pay for, that we paid for, blessed them with, with the sound system they're using right now that they didn't pay for, that we kept in that storefront with a kids area furnished with kids stuff that they didn't have to go buy, with a $450,000 remodel that they didn't pay for, get coding for, get any approving for, raise any money for, wait any time for. Why? Because you're generous and you love to give what God gave you. Right now they meet in that place. Praise God. There's another church meeting in Arlington right now. Revive Zoe. We got to be a part of sending and covering Revive Zoe. Pastor Abdiel personally coaches Pastor Luis that pastors Revive Zoe. They right now are meeting in their new storefront building for the first time having their building dedication right now. They have a 10 o'clock in English. They have an 11.30 in Spanish, and they're meeting this their first Sunday. Why do I say that? Because this is a church that we were a part of sending, starting, covering, funding. Sometimes we don't get to see all that God's doing. And so when you were having a pity party this week and having a tough time about how hard things were, how things weren't going your way, you didn't know what God was doing in Tammy and Jasmine's life. You didn't know what was happening with Restore Church. You didn't get the full picture that Revive Zoe is going to be, they're going to be meeting in their building for the first time because sometimes we get so focused like this about what's happening, we forget how much God is doing all over our city, all over the Metroplex, all over the globe, and it's being sent out from prayers and seeds that happen in this house. God is honoring this house and blessing what comes from it to bring blessing to others and testimonies and miracles we don't have time to share and some of which we'll never know. Why? We're speaking up for Jesus. We need to be like the people of God and speak up for Jesus. If the people of God can just be like the people of God and speak up for Jesus.
He doesn't need us to stick up for him. But to speak about who he is. Because either the presence of God is so rich and good that it draws you to respond in a different way, or it's not. And if it's not, obviously it is for some people in this room, if it's not, then respond in the same way Peter responded and be restored unto Jesus. And receive his love. This is what happened with Peter. Is He denied Jesus three times. And what does Jesus do? He cooks him breakfast, sits by the fire and says, I love you, I love you, I love you. We need to get to this text, Acts chapter 2. Peter says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 16. He says, This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. You ever read the book of Joel? It's in the Old Testament. Really hidden in there. Scattered among some other prophets, some other books. It's not a very long book. You'll skip right by it if if you're skipping too fast. Let me just give you, I'm going to read what he said about the prophet Joel. But I want to give you, like, this is a snapshot of background. Honestly, there's not a lot of background about the book of Joel. He's kind of an unknown prophet. We don't know a ton of information about him. Even what we do know, some people have some disagreements on. So it's like, there's, not a, there's not a lot to know. There's not a lot to know about the timing. We're kind of, we're kind of unsure, like, the exact timing. I think that there's some uniqueness to why we're, we don't have a lot of information about the timing. We don't have a lot of information about who the person was. Because sometimes, later on, the timing and who they were just don't matter. In the grand scheme. The focus of the book is how... He, God brings his people back into relationship and back into the presence of God. That's the focus of the book. Here's what happens is the, 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 the judgment of God comes on his people because they've been disobedient. So God says, because you won't obey, I'm bringing judgment on you. Here's how he brings judgment. He brings a swarm of locusts on them, and before you laugh on the inside... Just think about that. Not five or six of them. A swarm of them. So much so that it eats all the crops and everything around. It destroys their land. Ruins it. I was playing golf this week because two of my friends bailed on me. I played by myself. I won't name them. But I told my wife, I had got permission to play golf. And so I was going to go play with a friend. And then he said he couldn't go. So then I made another meeting with another friend. And then he couldn't go. And I was like, I guess, God, you want me to go by myself. So I went by myself to play golf. It was actually great. I had a good time. No offense to any of you in the room. If you had been there, I'm sure we would have also had a good time. You know? <laughs> Just played a quick, you know, a few holes. And while I was playing out there, a grasshopper... Landed on my head, just kind of spontaneously. And it was very unpleasant in every way. Nothing about it felt like, yeah, I wanted to stay there. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for it. I'm just minding my own business. Grasshopper, boom. And it was like a big grasshopper just lands on there. Its feet go deep in. It's kind of touching my scalp and on there. And I'm just like, you know, out of, what would you have done? You just kind of swish it away, right? And it just, I mean, it didn't want to be there either. 
it was mad. It was like, oh, no, what have I done? And I was like, oh, everyone was frustrated and confused. I just kind of bopped it away. But here, here's what I need you to picture. Imagine 10,000 of them doing that. Why? Because the people of God would not obey what he was telling them to do. What he puts in your heart to do this week, just obey it. I don't need swarms of locusts or grasshoppers to come all over the city. You don't either. He's not threatening us. I'm not threatening you. This, you just, you got to know your father and how he works. He gives grace to obey, and then when we don't obey, he'll do whatever he has to do to save us. And if that means ruining everything that we have so that we'll turn back to him, let me just tell you something. He will do it. God sends a swarm of locusts into his own children, into his own people's territory to ruin it. And then after that, he sends an army in to overtake them. Why? So they would realize they had to turn back to him and be restored to his presence. The presence of God. This is the story of Joel. So I need you to know this with your, with your mind, your spiritual minds, as we turn and we read, what is Peter really saying when he's preaching the word of God to the people who are around? He reminded them of the book of Joel, and then he says this, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, say the spirit of God. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall have dreams. Even on. Now he goes a category below. He goes to the least of these. Even on my male servants and my female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. There's no one that gets missed in this category. Man, woman, great, small, noble, not. Everyone's getting the spirit of God, and everyone is speaking on behalf of the spirit of God. Why? Because the spirit of God is so near that it's saying, we have to speak on his behalf. It's changing my life. We have to speak. You have to know what happened in Tammy's daughter's life. You have to know what's happening in our church body. You have to know what God is speaking. You have to know. I need to share how good God is. You don't have happiness? I can beat happiness. I can give you joy in Jesus. I can tell you about it. You can know it. Your life can be changed. It can be different. This is what he speaks. Now I can't make you have, I cannot make you have prophetic words. I cannot make you have visions. I cannot make you have dreams. But the presence of God can. I think sometimes the reason that we're unfamiliar with this, that God isn't giving or maybe we're not realizing the, the dreams and the visions and the prophetic words that he's giving to his body. Are we not in the last days? 
Is this not it? I mean, if, if Paul was writing in his epistles about how near the Father's return was, how many decades has it been since that? Count those up. And he was writing as if Jesus was coming back at his return any moment. And now we live in such a lackadaisical way as if he may never come back. But let me tell you, Jesus is coming back. He's saying dreams and visions and prophecy. Let me give you some unblockers. Let me give you some unblockers. Maybe when it comes to the flow of dreams and visions and prophetic words, there's some blockers that have come in. I, I think one of them just in general is just religion. I'll just give that one to you quickly. That's just the concept that they're not for you, they're not for now. If, if you wanted to buy a house, is it, legal, is it legal right now to buy a house? It's legal? Okay, just making sure. Okay. Um, if you wanted to buy a house, it's not illegal. We're just making sure that's clear. If you wanted to buy a house right now, but everyone around you told you that you couldn't your whole life. And everyone around you told you it, was, it wasn't like no one could buy a house. And you never saw anyone buy a house before. You never heard of anyone buying a house. You knew back in the day, like you, had, you, you know, grandma, obviously she lives in a house. And so like that had to happen at some point. But you've never known anyone in the last 30 years to ever buy a house. Put yourself in this scenario, okay? What would, you wouldn't go to a bank and say, hey, uh, trying to get a loan. Because you know you can't buy a house, right? This is what religion does. You can't prophesy. You can't have prophetic dreams. You can't have visions. Nobody has this. This is for what's old. This is a blocker. Because you know what I would tell you if you came to me and you wanted to buy a house? And I knew that everyone else thought that it wasn't, you couldn't do it. It was impossible. But I knew that you could. You know what I would tell you? It's real. You can do it. They're all wrong. I've, I've crossed bridges like this before. Times and, 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 and situations where lots of people thought something couldn't be done. And then it can be done. And as soon as it can be done, we just do it. People thought you couldn't run a mile in under five minutes. That was impossible. Then one person did it. After one person did it, tons of people do it. People do it recreationally now. Before, it was impossible. Science said you could not run a mile in under five minutes. People run miles in under four minutes now. They shattered it. It's, it's over. It's, it's a concept. It was just in our mind. In your mind, you're thinking, how could I give a word, a prophetic word on behalf of God to somebody or to the body? I just can't break it. It's a lie. How could I have a dream, a prophetic dream or a vision of what God would do? Break it. It's a lie. Not only how could you, you were made so that you do. That you encounter the presence of God and it begins to come through you in dreams and in vision and in words. And you live and speak it out. This is why your workplace is supposed to be changed. Second one, complaining. Complaining will be a blocker for the prophetic. Because you're supposed to be speaking to build up the body. I want to share just a little nugget about it. A lot of people say that 
prophecy is just encouragement. I see where they get it. Prophecy can be encouragement. But prophecy is not just encouragement. I think it's just a once-over that people gave so they can feel safe and good about it. Just a little more vague and, and you know, don't have to hurt anyone's feelings. Prophecy builds up the body. Building up can be good. But if any of you have ever worked out or exercised or tried to do anything right, you know sometimes that to be built up hurts sometimes. So therefore, prophecy cannot only be encouragement because we just read in the prophet, if you go read, if you go, I just summarized the prophet of Joel. If you go read that book, you're not going to read it and think, man, they felt so encouraged. He just says your whole life's about to get ruined. It's going to be so great. No, it's not encouraging. But it builds the body up. Why? They're getting more near to God. I don't believe that prophecy is prophecy if it's cutting down the body of Christ. It's not. It's lies from the devil is what it is. Or an accident, you know. I know people sometimes just make mistakes, get in their feels, get selfish about it. But it builds up the body. The difference between prophecy and maybe another spiritual gift like word of knowledge. Sometimes you may have heard of that. Word of knowledge addresses something from the past that somebody shouldn't know. Prophecy addresses something for the future that God wants you to know. Okay? So if I come up to somebody and I give them a word of knowledge, sometimes I'll do that. It's in, it's in the spiritual gifts. Go, go read the Bible. you see in, in words of knowledge. I'll, sometimes God will give that to a person to confirm his word. Because I could say to Drex, I saw you driving in a white four-door vehicle yesterday. And he's like, man, how did you know that? And then I say something that's from God, and now his heart is opened up even more to receive that which from God. But these are different things. Prophecy, I'm speaking what God wants to share to a person or to the body about what's going to happen. It's futuristic. And you can't know in the moment necessarily, am I right or am I wrong, because it hasn't happened yet. You may not know for minutes or hours or days or years. Word of knowledge, you know instantly, because I'm talking about your past. These get coupled together, but they're different. It would be like, it would be like using um, the gift of hospitality and the gift of service. They can be the same, but they're different. They come together sometimes, but they're, they're not the same gift, you see? And so I want to share that because I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to, to bring some light to it, to your eyes about prophecy and word of knowledge. Because sometimes we get confused. Both are gifts. Both are for now. Both are to be used. And prophecy, all of the body is supposed to want it. That's what it says in the word. Here's another blocking agent of prophecy. It's a critical spirit. A critical spirit. Always down on everything. If, I, if I'm not careful, I slide into having a critical spirit. Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever right. I can get frustrated really easily. I want to I keep my, myself aligned with faith and with the spirit so that I don't slide into having a critical spirit, because when I slide into having a critical spirit, I'm putting blockers in between me and hearing God. 
I'm putting blockers in between me and speaking God. Let me tell you why it's so important. Because if you're going to walk around complaining with your lips and speaking critical with your lips, God doesn't want to give you something that builds up the body with your lips because now that becomes a really dangerous tool. Because you give two prophetic words, people start coming to you want to hear what you have to say, and you start sliding in some complaints and some criticism that's not from God. That's not it. It's important that we keep these blocking agents out so that we can have purity from God, be able to hear from him, and be able to speak on his behalf so that when we get dreams and we get visions, we know what they mean and what to do with them and who to share them to. Let me give you a blocking agent when it comes to dreams and visions and maybe why a lot of America does not have powerful dreams and visions from God. Because the I is the portal into who we are. And when we look at stuff that we shouldn't be looking at, we let that be the portal for what we see. And that begins to take over what we see. And whether you see with your eye, or whether you see with your mind, or whether you see with your heart, it doesn't matter. In scripture, it says the eye is the gateway. It's the portal. And when we choose to spend a lot of time watching and looking at and seeing what we shouldn't be instead of what we should be, I believe we're bringing a great blocking agent into our visions and our dreams. Test it. Put the word word of God to work. Cut out the stuff that you know you shouldn't be watching. I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm not talking about stuff that's fun. You can have fun. God's the inventor of fun. There's no fun without him. Without him, you know no fun. I'll prove it to you. My son knows nothing fun without his mom and I. We create everything fun for him. Everything we don't create for him that he thinks is fun, God made. A stick in dirt. Without that, how would he know what was fun? He loves a stick in dirt. He'll stick in dirt for hours, man. Pop it, fling it, drag it. Don't matter. Can't beat the stick in dirt. I was out this weekend, it's 40 degrees and there's gusts of wind outside. I'm freezing cold wearing some Crocs, thinking, why do these things have holes in them? My feet are freezing, standing like this, so that my son can stick in dirt in the ground, having a blast. It's like light drizzle outside. I'm thinking, why doesn't he care? Stick in dirt, can't beat it. God's the inventor of fun. I'm not trying to cut out your fun. But something's got to go so we can hear from God. Everything can't be. Then Peter continues to go on. He talks about this word from the prophet Joel. And then he turns over and he, he tailors it into his audience, bringing them into some, some scripture on King David and some of the Psalms and what King David has. I won't read it all for you. And then he brings it into... Jesus being the son of God and how the people he's talking to were the same people that cheered for the death of Jesus. It would be like this. It's the same way as saying this week there were things that we did that didn't glorify God. 
and just bringing that before the light and letting it be seen. And Peter's speaking in such a way because the Spirit of God is on him that his words are being used that he's revealing, he's having revelation hit the people who are around him and they're realizing there in the moment, oh my gosh, we were a part of the death of the Son of God, Jesus. Then it reads and it says this, starting in verse 36. Summarize a few verses there. We'll bring us to this spot. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. It says, Let all of the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This is Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Your life and how you live, because of the presence of God on you, should invoke people around you to be asking the question, what should I do then? I'm going to say it again. The way that you live and how you speak and how you act and who you are should cause people around you that both know you and don't know you to say, then what should I do? And your job in that moment is not to give them great advice. Your job in that moment is to speak the gospel truth to them that they might receive Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit and live differently. They were cut to the heart. They asked, what should we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Notice he didn't say, I need you guys to come to our Bible study. If I I could just give you this church card, and you can go to this website, it has so many great answers for you. No, you know what to say. Grow up and say it. Follow Jesus. Turn from what you used to do and follow Jesus. That's the answer. Oh, you seem different today. You know what? It's because I follow Jesus. Then what should I do? Follow Jesus. And then after they follow Jesus, bring them to church. Great, because they need a body. Cool, that's great. It's awesome. No, no, no. But He didn't say, come to our camp meeting, come to our tent meeting, come to the upper room. If I could just get you to the upper room, that's where the Spirit pours out. No, he has the Spirit of God. He's giving it to them right now because he gets dreams, he gets visions, he's getting prophetic words, and he's speaking them to the people who are listening. (laughs) Baptized, repent in the name of Jesus for your forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off and for everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. You want to open up the presence of God? You want to walk in the presence of God? You want to see the presence of God move? Acts chapter 21 right before that says, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No exceptions. I think the importance is that we're seeing it, we're thinking it, and we're speaking it. That's the important pieces. And sometimes 
We don't see it, and so we don't think it. So we can't say it. He's giving dreams, and he's giving visions, and he's giving prophetic words. And what was the prophetic, the big prophetic word here was what? Whether you read Joel, or whether you read Acts, or whichever one you read, what's the big prophetic word? It's come near so you can know the goodness in the presence of God. That's the big prophetic word. So if you don't know, if you're getting, okay, 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 Pastor Mac, like, I want to hear this. I want to I be able to, to prophesy. I, I want to be able to use my gifts. I want to do what God has called me to do. Great. You don't know where to start? Then preach Jesus. That's the big prophetic word all through Scripture. The presence of God. Know it. Get in it. Receive it. Experience it. Let it change you. Let it work who you used to be. You don't have to have be strong enough to get all those thoughts out. You don't have to be strong enough to quit smoking. You don't have to be strong enough to beat that addiction. You don't have to be strong enough to restore that relationship. No, no, no. The presence of God is strong enough to do all the things that need to happen in your life. Would you stand up as we close?